Welcome to the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast, featuring the original hockey insider, Bob McKenzie. Hey, that's me, answering your questions on hockey or just about anything else, within reason, of course. If you have a question you would like answered, email me at bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. And we'll try to get it on the Bobcast. We were a blowout of wicked proportions. An accidental company. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for year two of the At TSN Hockey Bobcast. I can't wait to get started. Although, technically, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Wait a little bit. I do plan on doing one preseason episode of the Bobcast later this month, probably on Friday, September 22nd. But we'll start things up for real on Friday, October 6th, the first Friday of the new National Hockey League regular season. And like last year, we plan on going every other Friday with the Bobcast. As always, if you have a question for the Bobcast, be sure to email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B. C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. In the meantime, I'm hoping you might perhaps enjoy this preseason interview I did with Edmonton Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did conducting it. Thanks for listening to the Bobcast. And if you're not already subscribing to the Bobcast, be sure to do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, tsn.ca, or wherever you get your podcast. So look forward to another season of the Bobcast. Come back at you on Friday, September 22nd. And uh, here's that interview I promised you. Well, Pete, the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers showed a 33-point improvement from one year to the next. So uh, what do you guys do for an encore? Well, certainly the expectations are higher. Um, and you know, I, I would imagine from the outside, that'll be our baseline. So... <laughs> Um, in my experience, Bob, you get into the playoffs, so I guess it's about getting in and succeeding in the playoffs. So um, I'm not going to put any numerical standard out there, but um, you know, we we're, we're going to compete for a higher level than where we where we ended up. So it's about managing our expectations here. Do you, do you make a conscious effort to try and tamp down those expectations? I mean, two years ago in this room. I don't know if you remember it, but I asked you what kind of year Connor McDavid yeah. was going to have, and you gave me some ridiculously conservatively yeah. low number that I knew was absolute garbage. But nevertheless, I understood exactly what you were doing. So do you try to do that now, or do you just roll with it and embrace it and say, hey, you know what, that's part of the, the evolution of our team? Well, um, I, I think I think it's important, and the guys know, but it's important to stress that that you know, you you have to make hay when the sun shines, and and we've got a we've got a good team, uh, we've got a team that's really benefited from a couple of playoff rounds. We had a, some significant ups and downs in those playoffs, and and we have to we have to decrease that variance. We've got to you know you have to be a little more committed mentally to be able to withstand those ups and downs and and, and avoid them. So that's that's on the coaches and Todd and I have talked about. Of, of you know having an even keel all year and knowing what the mission is um, as far as me and you know embracing whatever happens happens I don't I don't have a lot of ups and downs Bob um, I, I see the talent on this team um, I see that the, the, the young talent now Leon and Connor aside I see the young talent still growing um, and it's 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 a pleasure for me to see that that other talent grow um, but having said that, we're, we're paid to win, 
and uh, we've got a team that can contend. And it, I think it's just about keeping an even keel and, and, and knowing that we're a contender. It's funny how the game's gone, what Connor McDavid's done for the Edmonton Oilers. You could also put Leon in that category. In Toronto, for example, what Austin Matthews has done for the Toronto Maple Leafs, then you can put Nylander and Marner in that next category right, right behind Matthews. And, and how it's changed the entire aura of, of your organization, the Toronto organization. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I think there are a lot of Edmonton fans and a lot of Toronto fans who believe that sooner or later, and they hope it's sooner rather than later, that you know the Connor McDavid-led Edmonton Oilers and the Austin Matthews-led Toronto Maple Leafs are somehow destined to clash in an all-Canadian Cup final so that the expectation level is, is runaway both in Edmonton and Toronto. Yeah, I, I I've seen I've seen those those comments, those statements, um, and it's certainly possible. You you know as well as I do. I mean, it it takes a lot of hard work to to even get to the finals, and it takes a lot of luck. So you know who, who knows who knows. Who knows? Um, I know uh, admiring that group from afar in Toronto. They've done a lot of good things. They've benefited as we've benefited from some high draft picks. But you can get those high draft picks, but it's about growing them and putting them in the proper slots and, and managing those own players' expectations in their development. They've done a real good job. So that would be a cool final, but, um, you know, that's all I can say on that for now. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of variables there. Um, will you take any steps in talking to Todd, or will Todd take any steps with the players to, to really guard against complacency setting in after the year that you had? Yeah, no, no that, that'll be one of the, the prominent themes. That, that, Todd and I have talked about that at length. Um, we, we talk about kind of themes going into the year, and, and, and you know, I, I, I ask him or I tell him or what I think some themes are he tells me, and then I leave it with him to, to, um, to put it through in the, with, with the group. Um, you know, he's, he's been part of a lot of successful teams in the past where, where they've had this kind of year before and... and uh, and so he, he, I mean, he's he's got a pretty even kill too. So he knows he knows about managing those expectations because the players have expectations too. So you talk about complacency, but there's a they have to they have to also know that uh, you know that I guess it is a, it is complacency at the end of the day. If like, hey, we're expected to do well and not having to put the work in. So I guess it, at the end of the day, it is complacency that you're guarding against. But he's, he's, he's been part of it. I've been part of those teams where you've had President's Trophies years and big years mm -hmm. and, and we're on the cusp of something and, and you can fall flat on your face. So um, then so we're, we're, we've both seen it. Um, there's a number of players on our group that haven't seen it. So um, it's certainly a, a topical thing right now. Before we get into detail on, on what's to come this season, I was hoping maybe we could look back a little bit to what was a really busy off season for you. Um, let's let's start with the um, the trading of uh, of uh, Jordan Eberle for Ryan Strom. What was that motivated more by a hockey decision or a, a longer term dollar decision? I think it was both, Bob. It was it, and it was it was a, a deal that that uh, and and you know what? Maybe I think it's rare now you see a pure purely hockey driven deal. I, I think and. You know, and and we did one the year before, um, so um, we were able to. I think we were able to come to really and, and 
Garth was in a position to do this deal for for reasons also, but we were able to do this trade, um, and it, it, it dovetails into our, our you know our, our our forward planning for salary cap purposes. But it also we get a, a, a young player who we, we feel strongly in. So um, that was kind of the first the first step, and and a, a larger uh, you know the larger puzzle, and, and you'll probably talk about these other moves. And, and contracts we had to sign, so we had to we had to get on it quickly because, you know, the the July one happens quickly, and and you have to be you have to be prepared for it cap wise and roster wise. So um, it was it was something that we looked at for a while, and 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 we decided that'd be the first the first move in a, a series of of moves. You uh, or you, transactions. Yeah, and you talked about deals that you signed, and obviously there were two of them in particular that. I guess, for lack of a better term, it sort of redefined the National Hockey League salary structure uh, to, to some degree. And, and of course, Connor's eight-year deal that doesn't kick in until the year after this one at $12.5 million, and Leon's eight-year deal at, at $8.5 million that starts right now. When you've got two players making $21 million between them, or you will in a year, um, can you still build a cup champion on that basis? Well, um Redefining a salary structure is an interesting uh, uh, statement, Bob. And and certainly, when you look at the comps, in in each case, um, it's it, it's not it's not marginally close to those comps. Um, I think you have to look at I think you have to look at a comp. I'm not trying to defend either, by the way. I'm just, oh. I'm just I'm just saying like you have to look at the uniqueness of of Connor. Of course. And uh, and then you have to look at really uh, with with Leon's case you have to look at um, um, his position, his size, and his uh, his 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 ability and his performance in the playoffs vis-a-vis his comp group. So, um, but they're high, I, they're high. The numbers are high, and uh, and 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 if you look at it as a proportion of of the upper yeah. limit, it's. I mean, it, it's doable. It's been done on, on those same proportions. Yeah. It's been done because of a a, uh, a healthy rise in the salary cap. So when you look back and you reverse engineer, it's a healthy rise. I don't know if that's going to happen. So there's risk associated with yep. with, with with using this model. But we're 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 very comfortable with those two players. They're they're Absolutely. driven. Um, they want to win. They're both humble kids, and uh, we we felt comfortable with it. How closely did you look at what the Pittsburgh Penguins have gone through right from the time Crosby, Malkin, all the way through? And obviously, from their first cup to the second, there was a pretty big, pretty big gap in there. But how much did you study the Penguins in particular? Well, we, we looked closely at, 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 at that group, and and they've and Jim, Jimmy Ray and then then Jimmy both did a very good job in filling in the spaces. And, and very resourceful on, on on mining for talent and for getting players with reimbursements, and they did a real resourceful job there. Um, th- it, it, there's other teams that have used that much. We've looked we looked at teams with with the high salaried players, um, not just the Chicago's and the Pittsburghs, yep. but we, other other teams. Um, I, I went through it, Bob, in in Boston, not at that level, but you right. know you, you you have to be cautious of. Of a level of players committing to a level of players, so it's it's going to take planning, and it's going to take and and again, if if the cap goes flat, 
that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Um, but again, back to the best players, and we feel that those two are the best players. And you, you talk about how much money it is, like the, the $21 million. It could have been more because Connor's initial deal looked like it was going to be 13.25, if I remember correctly. And at some point, he did he not come to you and just say, "Let's let's back this off a little bit." Um, I won't get into that. I mean, I saw those reports. Um, I, I I will agree with you though that that it could have been higher and it could have been shorter term. And and Connor from the get go was, "I want to be here. I believe in the city, the town, the team." So I think first and foremost, you look at that the term, um, and it, it could have been more. It could have been significantly shorter term, and and. It just it's just when you first see the numbers there's a wow and and trust me doing the contract it was like it, it was more like it was more like an existing partnership bob where you weren't really pulling any punches you were you know you're just getting it all on the table and, and and credit to connor his family and to jeff uh, and to and to and to daryl and bob on our side it was I, that, that's how we presented the whole thing will be, and 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 it was, it was it was good. It was like it was a, a living partnership that that, that that ended up in a deal. Not a lot of money. <laughs> well, hey, listen, it was a wow summer when it came to that because I mean, Carey Price's deal set a whole new market for for goaltenders. You know, Connor set a whole new market for the very best players player in the game, and as you said, you know. A lot of people thought Leon's comparables were, you know, Tarasenko and people in the sevens. But as you point out, center playoff performance, and suddenly you find yourself at uh, at eight five. That, and I don't know if it's true or not, but there was a general sense um, that McDavid's number influenced Leon's number. That, you know, that if if McDavid's number wasn't done first and wasn't as high as it was. That maybe Leon's number wouldn't have been as high as it was. Was there ever any thought given to doing Leon first and just waiting? I know Connor wanted to get it done as soon as possible, but um, yes, I mean the timing. But it, it really, they again won't go into details on the negotiation. But we we had been at Leon for a while. Yeah. So yeah, understood. Um, we. Uh, we haven't even played this season, and I promise you we're going to talk about this season. <laughs> but let's now we've talked about what happened last summer. Let, let's fast forward for a year here when Connor's $12.5 million kicks in. I was looking at it, and, and you've got a, a number of fairly significant players who are restricted free agents at the end of this season. Um, I'll use my cheat sheet here. So Strom, Drake Kajula, Slepeshev, so three of potential top nine forwards. Um, Nurse, that, Benning. That Nurse and Benning and Brussois backup goaltender. But, you know, there's... And then we got Taubes coming A year up. after yeah, that, yeah, yeah. right? So it's, um, you know, three of your top nine forwards, two of your top six defense. And we've won one playoff round, so remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not put the cart before the horse. I think you're not telling me to remember that. You're telling your agents to uh, to remember that. I guess this is a long-winded way of, of me asking you, if Connor plays center and Leon plays center, and you've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins making six million bucks as, and I understand the, the way this sounds, a third line center, which he's not, but in that scenario, 
he, he could be. Is that a luxury that you may not be able to afford? Or? Well, uh, Nuge is, I mean, I, I know that was the fallout or the, that was the, that's the, the, speculation. That's the speculation yeah. following uh, signing Connor and, and, and Leon. And um, at the end of the day, you, um, you, know, you can't put all that money into, into three lines, into three centers. Okay, you can't. It won't work. And um, so, but having said that, you know, we, we've had success with Leon on the wing. Yes. And, if you look, and if you look at models, and we've looked at them for two lines, you can have that, that money in two lines. So, so I, I, think you, I think you have to look at it as your top players, not as your top lines. And normally your top players are on your top lines, but if you can work in pairs, right? You can have three pretty damn good lines. Yeah, although, and I, and I wondered, as I, as I sat and looked at this, started thinking about it, I'm going, well, what about the Penguins? They just won the Cup, and you've got Crosby on one line, you've got Malkin on another line, and you've got Kessel yep. quite often not playing on one of, those two, one of those two lines, and whether it's a center or a winger, I'm not sure it makes that big a difference. But. You, with, with centers, Bob, I mean, they're, 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 talent, they're talented, and, they, and they, they play both sides. They play both sides, of the, so you can move them around and, and we had that luxury in in uh in boston we had we had yep. really strong centers so um you know it's 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 something if we can do and we'll, we'll keep doing it and but you know we have to we have to be prudent we have to you know and you've heard this from a number of gyms you want to grow your talent you want to you know we have to, we have to be prudent on that and 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 that's that's how we'll move forward not that you can do anything about it, but that scenario that we just laid out will probably lead to a lot of Ryan Nugent Hopkins trade uh, rumors yeah, well, over the course of this year. How disruptive can that be to your group, or, or do you just have to say, you know, that's part of the game, let's block it out? I mean, I, I mean when, when those things get really rampant, um, it's usually because I've talked to somebody about that player, right? Right. So... Um, and that and that somebody has leaked my conversation to, to somebody that else. Never happens, okay, it? <laughs> it never happens. So, but I mean, I've 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 talked to Ryan before, and I'll talk to him again. I mean, we we're we're a contending team, and he's on our team, and he's a big part of our team. And and what would your message to him now be? You're not going anywhere. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Or no. Uh, you know what, Bob? I can't yeah. speculate. Yeah, stuff. no, he, he's you a, can't. He's, You're right. You, you know, like it's not fair to any player to say yeah, we're not yeah. going to trade you because, yeah, like, like I, I love the fact that people look forward to our rosters and and tell me, not tell me, but they they're, they're armchair quarterbacks yeah. on what we should do. I mean, that's great for the game. I know Jordan didn't like it last year because certainly he was, he was the guy yeah, last year, Eberle, and uh, and uh, and. Nuge, we had him on the World Cup. He's a very, very good player. We had him on the, the World Cup team. Um, he's a big part of our team, and I'm going to do everything I can to keep him. I'm going to do everything I can to keep our roster going forward, and it can be kept going forward. There's bridge deals. There's a whole yep. lot of ways to skin a cat, and that's, that's on us. But right now, um, um, I, I like our roster. We've, we've got some injuries. We've got a Sakara and whatnot, but, um, you know, Let's talk about this year. <laughs> Funny, it says right here. Let's talk about this year. Um, what needs to happen this season for you to duplicate or exceed 103 points in your mind? 
Um, you know, going into last year, uh, we talked about, Todd and I talked about, I know the group, Todd and the, the players, talked about um, um, minimizing the, 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 the starts and the ends of streaks, specifically losing streaks. Yeah. So, you, you, and, and so that's really, that's mental. Like, oftentimes you're playing well coming out of a losing streak and it takes you a couple games, right, to get going. So, I think, I think we really have to stress that because we got good at it and, and we got some resiliency from the playoffs. So I think we just, you know, the, the simple, there's simple things like that. We've got a good team, and, and let's continue to work on that. Todd's got a whole bag full of stuff, but this is one of the things that, that I've talked to him about it. Um, we've got, you know, we got, we got the skill and we got the talent to, to certainly get to that number. So, is there, is there any other metric aside from points that you might use for to judge success this season? Or is it just well, the results-oriented business? You know, and- yeah, you know, like... Um, there's there's uh, there's even strength performance. There's specialty teams. There's you know like we, we we had so much improvement from the year before to last year, two years before to last year, that um, it's almost like like you wanna you know you wanna just continue that improvement. So you don't really wanna focus on like I don't like I listen when we at the end of the year we look at all the areas where we think we can improve and. And and uh, we've we've got a list of them, but there's nothing really stands out. I mean, um, you know, there's obviously there's we had some defensive breakdowns in the uh, in the playoffs that resulted in some you know the one Anaheim game, and that sticks in your mind. But let's not overreact, right? So, I think it's about staying the course, and I think it's about you know we we've got some new bodies we got to fit in, um, and it, it's not let's not get too creative here with something that is, is on the right path and, and and that's part of my message to Todd let's um, go through your lineup uh, up front anyways um, I think at this point Todd's initial plan is probably to keep Patrick Maroon with Connor and uh, to give uh, Strom uh, a run on right wing with that group um, what do you envision for that group well certainly there was there was some um, good performance between uh, Connor and Pat. Um, we brought in uh, we brought in Ryan, and we want him to succeed. He's uh, he's a very heady player. Uh, he's got a very good wrist shot, good release, um, and uh, you know you have to be a very heady player, um, and you have to trade pucks well if you're going to play with Connor and trade him quickly. So. Um, you got some good stick skill there, and Pat's got some good stick skill. So, I mean, I mean, I've looked at a number of lineups, and uh, m- my guess is 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 probably what you're saying that they'll probably come in with that start with that lineup, at least in exhibition. Um, you know, you've got a good complement. You got Pat who can grind and, and can trade pucks. You've got Ryan who can shoot, and then you got Connor who can do what he does. Um, they all think the game very well, which is important. Um, what can you say about Connor that hasn't already been said? I mean, is he the best player in the game? You know, he's in that conversation, um, and I, I see a number of players, but I, I see I see Sid, who's won those cups, and I see a passionate player who whose game gets better in the playoffs, and and I see a competitive, heavy, heady 
superstar, which is a combination that's very rare if you look back in history. But Connor and Connor's done done it for a year, and and you know, I'm paying him like the best player in the league, so <laughs> he's in the conversation. Uh, absolutely. Is Maroon's 27 goals repeatable or reasonable to assume that it? I I would think so, and and uh, he's in terrific shape. I saw him the other day. Um, which which is what he's done the last two years. He's come to camp in really good shape, and uh, I think that's why he's had the success. Again, thinks the game well and good hands. So uh, with his size, he's he's able to exchange the puck well with Connor, which is important, right? Because he's Connor's going so fast. You gotta you gotta think fast and you gotta move the puck fast. So I would I would think yeah I would think in and around there would be a reasonable number for Pat. Uh, again, lines are always subject to change in a moment's notice, but it could be Lucic, Leon, and maybe Kajula um, to start training camp, especially with Slapashev's injury on the right side. Um, and again, your right side is looks like it's a lot more fluid than um, than most of them. Um, do you, do you prefer having Connor and Leon as your one-two punch at center long term? Or is it just a case of trying to find the right time to mix a match when Leon goes to the right side? Um, that's a that's a Todd question, I think. For yeah. for as a manager, uh, I like I can tell you this: I like Leon in the middle because he's strong and he's heavy and he's good on faceoffs. He's other he's more than that, but that's why I like him in the middle. So um, that doesn't mean. Connor and Leon won't play together because you saw them playing together last year, and 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 Leon will take some draws, and Connor will be on the wing, and they, they trade coverage down low sometimes. Um, so, um, but as a, as a manager, I think you're winning a cup with those two guys. At the end of the day, on more on on the average of games, you're going to win a cup with those guys in the middle, both in the middle. How would you um, grade Milan Lucic's game last year? Out of ten, I'd give him a, a strong six. Um, I think any time you get a player that comes to a new environment, I think there's an adjustment period. Um, and we saw that the year before with Sakara, and I thought Sakara's year was terrific last year. Um, I think I think, and I had a lot of discussions with with Milan, and we we trade our notes about our Boston time, and we talk about how this is different. So I think he felt as uh, his way through it a little bit because he he was such uh, a strong piece of the Boston group that he was an outsider coming in. Um, but you you know his I loved his game and I know there's talk about his you know he, his even strength play and all that. But he he did everything we asked him to do and uh, he's he, you know he he'll do better and he's he's in good shape and. Yeah, anecdotally, I just saw a picture of him wearing his New England Patriot jersey on Twitter or whatever the other night. Um, he, I don't know. He's is, little, is he leaner? He's he looks, leaner, He yeah. looks a lot he's leaner. leaner. His, his, his weight's the same, but he's leaner, so, he, that, so that's less body fat, right? So he's, and he's always been great on the body fat. So, so he's, I, I was very happy with Luch, and, and he'd, he'd be the first to say, he might, I don't know if he'd agree with my grade, but... <laughs> But um, I know, know I know he can. I know he can contribute more, and and uh, um, and. But I was happy with this play. Given all the financial pressures that you will feel as time marches on, do you ever worry that the diminishing return on, on Milan's deal is is going to 
you know, be a constrictive thing for you at some point. Well, I know that's a narrative that I've seen, right, and, and, and you know, for a for a heavy type of player that that is entering that age group, you know, it, that certainly that's something that comes up. Like you, you think about it, you, and I think about it when when we're when we're signing those types of players. Um, he, he's always so. What I've seen of him in my time in Boston is that he's always been in very good shape. He's always been uh, um, conscientious about that, and he and he's a student of the game, and he knows where he has to tweak his game to 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 survive in that sense. But I I I don't see any issues with that. Um, in the in the near time, in the in, in the in the short run, medium term, but just just pure physics will probably do something longer. But Milan's such a student of the game; he's got a good set of hands that I know you know I know he'll be in a very effective player at that time. I think going into last season, Drake Kajula was a little bit of an X factor. Nobody knew exactly you know how good a player he he may be in the National Hockey League, where he fits in, at what level. Um, I thought during the playoffs, he he kind of sort of noticed that. This kid looks like a player. He's a player, and and he, if you remember the start of the year, we had him all over the place. We had him in center, and then he got hurt, and and uh, he, he's he's not a natural center, but he can play center. He can make plays, and and certainly we did it. Um, we were trying out a lot of different combinations. So think think about it. He's a player that just turned pro. That. Um, we're throwing around in different positions. He's trying to get his feet wet in the league. He's trying to make our team. So I say all that because he he, he had a slow start for yeah. him. He's gritty. He's very competitive. Um, he's uh, he's undersized, but he's strong, um, and he can he can make plays. He can really shoot the puck. If he, in his he had a lot of chances shooting wise where. Now he's seen what he's done and, and why they, they didn't either get through to the net or why he didn't score. And he's got a, real, he's got a really underrated shot, and I think you'll see him learn from that. Um, Slepyshev's got an ankle injury, but what's the timetable on him coming back? Um, he may miss some time at the start of camp. Um, it's, it's not a serious injury, so I, I can't tell you with certainty. Right. So that certainly creates more competition on the right side if, if he's in the mix as well. Um, in the short term, though, I think the injury would certainly, and, and maybe the door was already open anyways, for Jesse Pugliarvi. Um, you know, there's a, a chance that, you know, he could end up playing on a line with Jokinen on the left side, Nugent Hopkins in the middle, and Pugliarvi on the, on the right. Let me ask you this. Were you surprised at all that, he wasn't able to secure full-time employment last year because during the draft, I kind of assumed that that the top guys and Pugliarvi was the third of the big three that would play would 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 immediately play in the National Hockey. I didn't know. I didn't expect him to put up numbers like Line or Matthews, but I thought yeah, he'll play. Um, I did too, Bob. And and what I didn't take into account, what we didn't take into account was was the newness of North America on a number Small of levels, range. on a number of levels to Jesse. Jesse's from the northern part of Finland, and and uh, he and it wasn't just so get, getting acclimated to North American life away from the rink. There was a lot of different things at the rink too that I think he uh, he had a, he had a learning curve. 
that uh, he didn't completely get to the top of. So um, he's, uh, I mean, he's he, he's the complete package, and and we're going to be patient with him. Um, and he's he did a little different training this year, a little more explosive training. He's a good skater, but a little more explosive training. Um, How did he finish up in the American League? You know, he, 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 had, he had good numbers. Uh, he had very good numbers for an 18-year-old. I saw him play a few times. Uh, he could have had twice those numbers, and I think he got a little frustrated um, down there because he, he, I think he really thought he should have rang up a lot of numbers. Um, and, and you get in a little bit of a spiral. Um, but he, you know, he, he, he stood out, and which is, was nice for me to see and didn't surprise me. He, uh, he went over to the Worlds, and uh, we thought it would be better him playing over there. He got in and out of the lineup over there. I saw a couple of his games on, on TV. And he had some strong games. That's, that's a big step, too. So um, he's a real conscientious kid, and uh, he, he knows the game very well. Um, and I think he learned a lot this year. He better equipped now, do you think, to be a full-time NHL player I, I this do, year? I do, yeah. I do. Yeah, that we envision for him that he'll would, be on your I, roster. I, I would, I would, yes, I would. Obviously, I mean, I'd, I'd anticipate that he'd be, he'd be on our team, and and uh, you know he's he he had areas to work on, and and we we talked with him about that in going into the summer, and both conditioning wise, it's not that he was out of condition. He's in, this guy's a machine, training. He was just he was just doing a little bit. His conditioning was long conditioning, running, right. cycling. Yeah. He was in terrific shape. Which actually slows you down. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's my excuse, anyways. <laughs> um, you, you signed UC Okanen um, in the off season. Why did you sign him, and what do you think he brings to the table? Well, he's a very versatile player, and um, he's terrific on faceoffs. That's the one thing. If you just look at the stats that stand out. Um, I, I, I just, you know, this guy just keeps playing well, and I know he had a, a little bit of a down year. He had, he had, uh, he had an injury, and he was coming off a World Cup, and he, he played a ton of hockey, World Cup, um, World. I think it was World Championship, then World Cup, and then Florida, and right. he had, he was injured. Yep. So. Um, He's, uh, you know what, uh, he has a connection to Jesse, like they, but um, that really didn't play much into it. We, we, liked, we liked his versatility, we liked his veteran presence, all the character stuff checked out over, over time with his career, and uh, he, he, he just, he's like a Swiss Army knife. Absolutely. One of the things that, um, that I liked about your team kind of struck me is that you've got Latestu and Cassian who potentially are fourth-line guys, but they play really significant roles in special teams. That Latestu's got that role on the power play for you, and Cassian getting more and more responsibility as a as a penalty killer. I would anticipate nothing changes on that front this no, year. No, I wouldn't. I mean, like if anything, I would. I would. Uh, and, and and Zach's in a good spot as far as his role and where he is in his game. Um, he's got stuff that he can give you more. He can move up and down. He can move up and down. And I think over time uh, he'll find himself higher, I would hope. But he, he's very comfortable and more comfortable with what he does in, in his role in that, on that line because he does kill. And, uh, and Todd will move him up and down the line. As far as Tesco goes, he's, he's another one of those Swiss Army knives that he just he does a lot of good things and, uh, and he knows where his value lies and we know where his value lies. 
Is there a pretty good chance that Jujar Kahar will be a full-time? I, we gave him a one-way contract. We would we would hope that he is. Um, he's got to find his way into the lineup, but he, he, he's shown us enough where we were able, we made the decision to give him the, the one-way contract. Uh, he's got a good package. He's just he's got to be consistent. Um, he's playing better without the puck. Sometimes he tries to do too much with the puck. He's a young player and big, big body and uh, tough kid. So, yeah, we're ready to commit to him unless unless he screws it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, take note. Um, you have some depth guys like you got Ty Ratty, you got Brad Malone. We've mentioned 13 forwards already before we got into Ratty and Malone. Um, one of the guys that people want to see here at Penticton and the Youngsters, the rookie tourney, is Kyler Yamamoto, your first-round pick. And there's been a lot of talk in the media that I've seen where maybe he's got a chance to, to make the team. And, and listen, I'm not disparaging him at all because I think he's a really exciting prospect. He's got unbelievable skill, undersized, but I think 155, but really strong. Um, but is there really a chance that he might steal a spot given all the names that I... I just mentioned, I, or on his face, no, right? No, no, I wouldn't think so. But, but um, my guess is because he's such a good player, and that we have a right winger who potentially might miss some time, is that he'll get he, you know, provided he gets to that point with with his play right here, which I, which he will, is that he'll he'll find his way into top lines, and and then the speculation <laughs> will run rampant. But but he's he's. Uh, He's an exciting player, and he's a strong player for his size. So, um, never say never. And and and, but you know, it's more about getting him the proper games and development and stuff. Yeah. And don't think there's any question who was the best value on your team last year. That'd be the goaltender. I mean, it worked out perfectly. I, you know, 73 games played, workhorse, true number one, Vezina caliber numbers, pretty much. Across the board, especially on wins, which is, which is always nice at a, at a shade over four million dollars. Are, are you okay? Is Todd okay if he plays seventy-three games again, or do you want to? Well, we want to cut that down a bit, you know. And Cam likes playing all those games. Um, I, I, uh, I, you know, and I would expect that we get more development from uh, uh, Boussois as a backup. Um, that's a little bit heavy. 73. Is there a number you have in mind? Not really, but not 73. Right on. Um, your defense really seemed to come together last year, especially the top pairing. Healthy cleft bomb, which he didn't have two years ago, and might have explained why he only had, whatever, 70 points that year. Um, and obviously Larson, um, after the, 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 the trade for, for Taylor Hall, that really became, for, for you guys, a battle-tested number one um, pairing. Um, I know you wanted. I don't want. You don't want to do your touchdown dance at the ten-yard line or the fifty-yard line, even. Um, but when you made the trade for Larson for all, there were a lot of people who said, "Man, you didn't get nearly enough," and, and what have you. Um, and there are still some people who say, you know, cleft bomb drives it, whatever. Bottom line, though, do you feel at all vindicated that you selected a defenseman who maybe not a lot of people said? on a one-for-one -one situation with Taylor Hall is the right guy, and you had a relatively successful season with him at the forefront of the top pair. Do I, is the question, do I feel vindicated? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I, 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 never, I never doubted 
the move, um, and I knew it would be met with a lot of criticism. So, um, and a lot of it was tough to take over over time. But um, I'm I'm happy for Adam because his he's he's shown what a player he can be, and he'll be better than than what he's he's done too. Um, you know what? Uh, vindication? No, not really. Like I, I, I talk to Ray about this trade all, all the time. It's like it, it helped both of us. So, it's one of those rare hockey trades. Um, but I understand. I understand the criticism just based on numbers and all that stuff. Right. Um, so, um, I mean, I guess it was nice to see that these the people saw what we saw eventually. Um, so. Obviously, you don't have Andre Sakara to start the season, ACL. How long is he going to be out? Do we know? At least I two or three months. Uh, he it could be anywhere between November and February, end of November and February. That, that big a gap. He's, a, he's ahead of schedule, I'm told. So right, and he's he's in very good shape. So how significant is it to lose him, especially as you said two years ago? You know, up and down adjustment season last year. Really fit in well playing alongside it was, Russell. It was significant. It was significant. Um, last last year we thought about um, um, bringing in another D at the end. So we we had signed Russell. We had we had Clef and Lars and Reggie and, and uh, we had signed Russell and we thought about another D and and we just you know what let's let our young guys let's give them and they and they and Benning and Nurse kind of grabbed it. And they, they grabbed it so. These guys, they're good players, those guys. So, so absent Sakara, Russell moves to the left side on the second pair, and Benning moves up? I think up. so. I think, I, you know, that's probably what, what it'll start with. But I know, I know uh, we had uh, Darnell up uh, uh, at a point in the playoffs. He had a pretty good game, if you remember. He, right. they, we moved him up. So he's got the, that capability, too. So I know there's a couple of combinations that Todd's been playing around with. Have you ever come across a player like Chris Russell who there's a greater spread between what the analytics community says about him and what people who yeah, just watch the game never, are like him? No, no, never. He's, he, it's funny. He's a lightning rod in analytics. And, and uh, you know, he's, he, he's made such a difference to our D. And, and maybe it's just unique because we, we needed a little mobility and we needed, we needed some, some kind of escapability, uh, outlet passes. And and the whole competitive side to his game is 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 pure gravy, and we knew that we would be getting that. But you know what? He just doesn't put up the numbers and 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 that that, that these analytics group want. And and I, I joke about it with him, but he's he's you know. He, what do you say to him? Well, he's, he, it's it, well, when we when we finalize his deal, it's I don't know. We were just we we're just like hey, Russ. Now you got to deal with this this analytics group another four years with us or something like that <laughs> i can't remember but um he uh it's it's you know i i i'm not poking fun at the analyst because no, it, it's a it's it's a very useful tool and it's something that we look at quite a bit um well, you're a harvard guy well <laughs> yeah but you're gonna go to sloan <laughs> I, I i've have gone a yeah. couple of times but it, but um i'm probably gonna send someone from our group um but um, w with Russell, and I used this last year at some point, we had a we had a an exit stat, like an ex like a not an entry, 
an exit stat, so a defensive zone. If basically it's like an outlet pass. Yeah. From based from from our analytics software that placed him in the top four or five players in the league. So so he was able to and and so observationally, you look at him, he can skate. He puts himself in a position to to exit exit the to have the group exit the zone. So. I just they they can't measure that stat because they don't have this software. So like I'm telling so there is some analytics that goes into our decision on Chris and that was it. Uh you mentioned Nurse and, and Benning as young guys that are continuing to to develop we'll assess the the curve that they're on and and how quickly you think they're going to get to to what level. Well, I I I like the curve they're on. I mean they they both were able to um Take steps last year, like they're they're really different if you think about where Darnell came from and where Matt came from, but they 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 both have value in their roles, and and have improved. And we made a conscious effort with Darnell not to pl- play him up too high because we wanted to get his confidence, and we wanted to get his 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 uh, his his skill set uh, with his con- synced in with his confidence. And we felt he did that, and. Uh, um, so we're we're comfortable, like, and we've got like we've got D ahead of them, but now we've got an injury, so they're gonna they're gonna take advantage of that. But uh, with Matt, I mean, he came, we signed him um, after Boston didn't sign him, and he, uh, you know, he's a very smart cerebral player who who has got some very good habits, and and uh, he's you know he's just getting better because he's smart. Right now, Eric Ribe is penciled in on on your third pair because of the injuries, as opposed to being a, a seven or a depth guy. Are, are you content to start the season like that? You know, um, I know there's been some speculation about us bringing in another D. I, right now, I don't think we will. Um, I, I'm. I. It was almost a, a, a replay of last year um, about bringing in another D. We didn't have that injury that we had this year, but. Um, I don't think we will. I, I like to give these guys a, a chance. Are uh, any of the, the younger guys in the organization, Dylan Simpson, Keegan Lowe, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, um, or some of the, the more experienced guys like Avitu or Stanton or the, the, the Russian kid? Pagan. Yeah, Pagan. Uh, are any of them factors? I would say of that group, uh, Avitu. Yeah. I mean, we, we gave him a one-way contract. I thought he had a strong first third of the year, and, and he hit a wall. Um, I think uh, um, I think he has a game where we talked about we need a little bit of mobility with with Russell. I think he's got a he's got he's not a similar player to Russell, but he's got the skating, um, so he'll get every chance to to step up. And you never know with some of the younger kids, but those guys will need some seasoning with Simpson. Low, uh, Stan, those guys uh, um, have all played games, and you never know who might pop up. But um, and there's an opportunity, so we'll see. I ask this of all the the GMs that sit in the chair across from me: Is there any aspect of your team going into this season that might have a tendency to keep you awake at night? Well, I guess I guess in a good way. The expectations now. I I hadn't counted on them so quickly to get so high. Um, I stay awake at night anyway, so like I, you work, <laughs> you, as a manager, you find something to worry about, and if you're not, you're not doing your job. Absolutely. Um, 
in terms of Todd's approach to the way the team plays, is, are there any changes planned in terms of philosophically or strategically about how the team goes about its business, or is it just continuing to do a better job of executing? Well, I, about how they do their business, it's about you know expectations and complacency, finding that balance, and and so it's about going into the into your work day and and. Uh, and, and knowing that nothing should come easy, and especially now we don't not going to take anyone by surprise. So, so that, that's different, right? That's different from from last year. Yeah. So we can put you down for another thirty three point improvement this season. <laughs> that would be a no. That would be a record. That'd be a record. <laughs> record that'd be a yeah. record. Yeah. No. Um, we have it. We've got a tough division, and I I won't I won't underpromise like I did with Connor last year. That was done for a reason. Of course. Um, uh, we're, you know, we're right in the mix now, and, and and as we should be based on what I see and based on what the expectations are. Well, thanks for taking the time to do this, Pete, and uh, good luck this season. All right, thank you. Okay, that's it for the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like to submit a question on hockey or just about anything else, email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca, and we'll try to get it on the next Bobcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's At TSN Bob McKenzie. And for great hockey coverage all year round, follow the At TSN Hockey Twitter account and make tsn.ca your source for all things hockey, especially for the Tuesday and Thursday editions of Insider Trading with myself, Darren Dreger, and Pierre Lebrun. Thanks for tuning into the Bobcast. See you next time, and have a great weekend.